Hello and welcome to the Golf Shake Podcast. My name is Kieran Clark, and for this episode, we're coming to you on the week of the Rico Women's British Open from the majestic Kings Barnes Golf Links in Fife, just down the road from the home of golf, St Andrews. So with that considered, obviously having a big major in this area, we thought it would be an idea to actually have a podcast based around St Andrews and the region itself. The home of golf, talking about the great golf courses, the legendary layouts, the great iconic scenery, and obviously the many attractions that are within the town itself and also in the wider area as well. And of course, how better to explore it than with two of our recently, two big star guests from the past few weeks as we talked about the Open Championship. And firstly, I must bring in the inimitable, wonderful Josh Jeffrey, who was here for our Open Championship preview. Unfortunately, he wasn't here for our recap, but Josh, you're back this week. Welcome back to the Golf Chic Podcast. Good evening, Kieran. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's a pleasure as always, and as you'll see, listeners, Josh has a very kind of unique and uh, somewhat enviable kind of relationship with St Andrews and the home of golf. Obviously, having been here as a as a student back in the day, playing the golf courses to his heart's content, enjoying the uh, the establishments in the evening. I'm sure on many occasions as well. So, Josh is the man for St Andrews. He can tell you everything about it, all its dark and dirty secrets as well, <laughs> of which I'm sure he played his part in the odd one or two. But that's for Not perhaps another. Another podcast altogether. And then, of course, the man who was here for the past couple of weeks, the, the ultimate stato, the man who brought his insight and analysis to the Open Championship, and he was so good that we actually broke a record on the Golf Shake podcast last week in terms of viewership and listeners. So no pressure this week for the irrepressible Stuart Fuzzy Armstrong. And Stuart, it's your hat trick this week, so I'll send you the match ball at some point later in the week. But Fuzzy... Welcome back. How are you this evening? Uh, good evening and uh, thanks for having me back I, again. I'm sure it's not due to popular demand just because uh, it, you just didn't manage to get Owen to take part in the podcast again. So I'm the, the last man standing. Um, have you, sorry, Kieran, have, have you introduced yourself yet? I did actually, yes. Did you, did you miss that right at the start of the podcast? I mentioned my name. I, I no longer assume people know who I am. So that's, so yeah, I... I actually did it professionally for once, so that yeah, sounded good. But yes, you're quite right there. Owen was our great friend, Owen Davis from Golf Shake, was kind of due to be on the Golf Shake podcast this week. But unfortunately, Owen has had to be somewhere else. He was running down the southwest, going to all kinds of tour launch events, and he was keeping very busy, the, the poor man. Actually, it would have been quite good fun to have him on this week because uh, Owen, I, I have to quickly say this, is not the biggest fan in the world of King's Barnes, which seems like a heretical thing to actually say, but we'll delve into that issue with Josh Jeffrey, who of course is on the opposite end of that spectrum, but unfortunately Owen is not here, so I'll sort of take the place of Owen then and play devil's advocate and sort of make up what Owen was, would say if he was here, because I know him well. So obviously coming to you first, uh, Josh, as I, as I hinted on there in the introduction, you were a student here in St Andrews, you've carried in the area, so for people who don't know you, give us a bit of an overview as to your history with St Andrews and the surrounding area, when were you here as a student and what was that like briefly? I, I can barely remember being a student there. It was so long ago, unfortunately. <laughs> it wasn't that it was long ago, Josh. Part, it was. So I went to, in the year 2000, I went to university there and finished in 2004. Um, I, do you know what? I, I went to visit one university, which is St Andrews, and I went there with my mum and dad for a weekend just to have a look at it and that was it decision was really made so it kind of went from there it's not often you choose a university purely based on the golf courses that are there but (laughs) that's exactly what happened and I think most of my friends um, did the same thing so 
back then it, it was fairly easy to get in back in those days you didn't have to be super clever which was just as just as well um <laughs> so I managed to kind of scrape the grades to get there um and then the year after I was so the year when I was in second year Prince William was in first year and then the grades rocketed and everyone needed straight A's to get there so I think I just got in in time before it became a a really really uh kind of sought after university but that no, was great it was you know it's certainly four of the best years of, of my life it was just you know unlimited golf I think back then it was about 80 pounds a year for your links ticket and you could play all of the courses as many times as you wanted which is like obscene really isn't it when you it when is. you think about the cost just to play one of the courses now um so no it was great it was a tremendous place back even back then it's come on a lot recently and if you look at the shops the bars the restaurants it's, mm-hmm. it's now a really well established town back then it wasn't so much but it still had that charm that it that it has now um yeah one brilliant i, I mean i'd recommend it to anyone anyone who's listening who's got kids who's thinking of going to university and they like golf i mean it's it's just a great place great people um slightly less good weather um but yeah it's 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 a great one of the great towns in the world i would think i've never been to anywhere i enjoy being more than st andrews yes i have to agree and of course i'm fortunate enough to call us now my home i've been here for the past year and it is a real magical place to spend time but you mentioned there obviously josh uh, i'm trying to invite people's kids to come and experience st andrews for themselves at the university but i should quickly say that People, if your kids aren't very bright, don't really bother. You know, if you're getting you know grade C's or grade B's, you've got no chance really. So um, for the smart kids, perhaps yes. Yeah, but you exactly. mentioned obviously the uh, it's a bit harsh, I'm afraid. <laughs> but you mentioned the um, you mentioned the uh, Prince William and so on. Obviously, that really changed the sort of uh, public spotlight around St yeah. Andrews. Obviously, yeah. bringing a real international attention to it. And I must say, I really do enjoy how some of the places in the town actually try and exploit that history. There's a wonderful cafe on the North Street in the town near the near the old cathedral, which literally markets itself as being the place where Kate met Wills for coffee. And Absolute I have to think, nonsense you know, that is as well. It, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's is, it is total nonsense. And the thing is, I wonder though. How far could you take that? I wouldn't be surprised if the the Tesco said this is where Kate bought her sanitary wear or something like. You know, they could get that. You know, it'd be amazing. That's probably what will happen now. It's probably you know. Actually, if they listen, you know, that's a great idea. Actually, I should try and pitch that. That's a really good idea. You try and you could do anything, couldn't you? This is where William bought his socks, or you know, he used his public toilets. You could do anything with it. It's fantastic. So yeah, it's a bit of a, a side part of the St Andrews marketing, but obviously the golf is the main attraction. Uh, but coming to you now, Fuzzy, obviously, you know, Josh has kind of that experience of being in St Andrews as an insider. You've also been on the outside looking in, uh, obviously visiting it over the years, going to open championships. Obviously, in recent years, you've actually come and played golf here. So as a golfer, Fuzzy, you know, St Andrews, you know, what does it mean to you? And how do you find the place inspiring when you come towards it, when you drive towards the town, when you see the great vistas appearing of the skyline and then all those iconic sites? You know, how inspiring is St Andrews to you as a golfer? Well, I'm actually quite a, a latecomer in my relative years to, to St Andrews because growing up in the west of Scotland, I always played the, the golf courses down the coast. I'd be playing Troon, the air courses, and I, my first Open that I attended was in the west coast of Scotland as well, down at Troon. So mm. I never really felt the need to go to St Andrews. I was Even the family holidays, when we went to the beach, the, the beach down at air was only 40 minutes away from our house. So we were always through in the west, and I very rarely ever visited the east of Scotland. So it wasn't until 1997 when one of my friends 
had a, a, a swap and he was at University of St Andrews for a, a couple of weeks and he said come on through to St Andrews so I just recently passed my driving test and we headed through to St Andrews and I remember it so well because they call it Halley Bop or Haley Bop if you remember that yep. that yep. was in the sky so it must have been Easter 1997 and I drove through to St Andrews and remember car barely made it and I think I lost a few parts on the way back on the motorway but we made it to St Andrews spent the night there going to a few bars and stuff I, I didn't drink because I was driving um, and then of course. Two, two, honestly <laughs> then about 2-3 o'clock in the morning it was time to leave and I thought oh, I'm, I'm here in St Andrews I've seen it on TV I've, I, I, I better go and see the old course so actually I drove across Gla- Granny Clark's Wind which if the name of it doesn't isn't familiar to you. It's a road that bisects the middle of the first and the 18th ferry right across the middle of the old course. It's a, it's a public highway. You can drive your car across it as long as you watch out for golf balls coming either way because the, the golfers have priority on you. So I drove across Granny Clark's Wind. It was a perfectly still black night. The the R&A clubhouse was there and this comet was in the sky above the R&A and it was just such a, a, a beautiful sight and I just obviously if, if, if I had if back then you didn't have phones or cameras or anything like that obviously this, this would be all over Twitter if it was oh yeah if, if, if it happened yeah. today but I've got no photographs to remember that by but that's that was the first time I visited St Andrews and that's that's when the sort of the love affair with the town really started and it's now I've got my own generation coming up and this is where I bring my kids and we, we bring them through and we I took them onto the the Himalayas a couple of weeks ago. That's only three quid to get them on, and it's the 150 years old. It's the world's oldest crazy golf course, and it's just absolutely fantastic. And it's the same turf as the old course. There was some yep. competition going on a couple of weeks ago, and there was eight guys on the second tee waiting to tee off, and they had caddies, and there was um, a couple of low handicappers there, and they were all standing there watching my boy, who was on the same physically connected bit of turf going going for the putt on the 17th for the, the Himalayas and it's it's a, a very it's a levelling town and by that I mean you get very posh people with a lot of money but you get a lot of people who don't have a lot of money and who are very very working class and they, 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 yeah, it's like a great melting pot, you know, pot of people as well part of the beauty of, of the place though isn't it really is that you've got such a varying degree of people from where they're from how much money mm-hmm. they've got etc but yeah it doesn't really matter does it i think it's a real equaler i think the the, the golf course is there anyone can play them the locals get such a good mm-hmm. deal compared to you know if you have quality of courses of the old course in somewhere like america which might be a private club you'd be paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to be a member but local yeah. in st andrews kieran i don't know how much you you pay but it, it's it's pretty minimal is it not to, to get well, I, I must say that and if anyone is kind of easily offended or driving right now either slow down or turn off the radio and maybe don't listen to this because i can play the old course indeed all seven golf courses as part of the links trust uh, for a annual sum as a resident of i think it is 210 pounds and i must quickly hiss, you know kind of caveat that by saying that the a single round for a visitor on the old course these days is 175 in the high season so you're almost getting you know it's one round a year almost in the old course and you can play it like you did josh back in the day to your heart's content and it's um, obviously a tremendous deal but you mentioned there the kind of the variety of st andrews and i think that's 
what's always struck me about it in terms of the it's like tremendous di- diversity and obviously the nationalities you have the university where different nationalities there different ages and then you have the, all the tourists you know a lot of Americans and Asians and, and, and increasing number of Europeans now as well and you actually get this real sense that this little town on the east of Scotland is almost like this international beacon that brings people together of different backgrounds, different nationalities. And I tell you what, in this day and age, you know, I think that's quite a quite a beautiful thing to sound like a real hippie, but it is. And uh, you know, bringing folk together that way is nice. It's a, a mutual connection through the game of golf, um, and it's just it has a wonderfully kind of uh, really intoxicating atmosphere in that respect. Where you walk around the town at night, and there's new people there every single week, and they're all walking about, and they're all happy to be there obviously enjoying the bars and the restaurants, but then obviously walking down the golf course and watching people finish off at dusk, you know, at night time. And it's just, it is really quite special that way. And again, you know, in terms of the Lynx Trust, yes, the old course is very expensive, but in the end, there's a golf course there for everybody, whether it be from the Himalayas, as Stuart said, from £3 up, or the Balgove nine-hole course, which is only a few quid to play as well. And there is something for everybody, whether they're a beginner, a youngster, an older person, or obviously a real top-level golfer, then they can enjoy anything from the high end to the low end, and they're all treated equally, you know, treated fairly, and they dress up so well, and um, it is a very welcoming place. And I always think to this day that, you know, Fuzzy, you mentioned there about driving into the town and seeing the the skyline and so on, the, the vistas, but when I always think when I come to St Andrews, and uh, even now, I do get that kind of feeling when you, when you actually see the town appear towards you as you come through Lucas and then you, you go on the coastal road, you see the town appear in a distance and you get, that, you get that real sense of history and kind of the occasion. I've always thought I'd, I'd love to share it with people who are, there, who are here for the first time, just seeing their reaction to you know, coming along that coastal road and seeing the town before them, seeing obviously the, the Arnie Clubhouse, the Hamilton Grand, those great you know historic places and then just seeing how the town opens up before them. It, it really is fantastic. And of course the town as well has so many different attractions. It also has two great beaches, the West Sands, which of course was a famously the scene where in Chariots of Fire that was yep. filmed there, a very long beach. And obviously the East Sands towards the other side of the town, you know, two great beaches right there. There's obviously the castle there, the cathedral. It's a very kind of medieval feel to the town as well. I actually kind of think it's almost like Edinburgh old town in miniature. Yeah. Some of the architecture is quite similar and has that sort of feel to it as well, a very kind of period feel and um, mixed in with the new as well. So it has that. It's a really fun place to spend some time. And again, having that university there and the golf industry, it makes it a very unique place for what is in reality a very small town on the east of Scotland. But now taking us slightly outside, we'll come back to St Andrews later. Going outside St Andrews now, along the coast, obviously we have Kingsbarn, seven miles away, a golf course that appeared at the turn of the century, a Kyle Phillips design. We've seen it for many years now on the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship, but this week, of course, we're seeing it really on its own, a real showpiece for it, a showcase for the Women's Open, obviously a big event there, a major championship. It's a big opportunity for Kingsbarn now to really step out from under the shadow of St Andrews in many respects and actually be shown on its own and what a great golf course and a great location it actually is. And Josh, you asked you spent time at Kings Barnes through the years and you're a big fan of the golf course and obviously the players this week I've been at Kings Barnes for the Open I've heard all the, the golfers talk about it you know Charlie Hull said it's our favourite one of our favourite golf courses in the world and Lexi Thompson's been here for one day and it's already one of her favourite golf courses in the world they all love it they all think it's great and um, 
it is easy to see why. You know, it's obviously it's visually it's spectacular. The views are stunning. The golf course is very highly playable. It's kind of wide off the tee, but the greens are very kind of complicated and challenging. And it's a testing course in certain conditions. And it's also just you know it's fun to play. And it's, it, it rewards imagination and creativity. And that's something that I think golf at its best it really should do. And I think much like the likes of Castle Stewart in the Highlands and even Dundonald Links in the West Coast, even though I think the other two are better than that one. It's very much a case of, you know, Scotland isn't just about the old courses, there are these modern classics that are there and they're equally fantastic and offer a great experience. So Josh, talk about your experiences of King's Barns and, and your kind of assessment of it as a golf yeah. course. I mean, I, I carried there for two uh, two summers while I was a student there, so 2003 and 2004. So it only opened in, I think 2000 was when it... Yeah, that's, that's when right. It, that's when it opened. So it was fairly new back then and you could tell the greens were still a little bit bare they needed to bed in but I was there recently and it was looking fantastic for the women's British Open it'll I'm sure they'll they'll have a great great week there um but I no I really like it and it looks <laughs> the thing about it it looks like it it was natural and it, they just kind of went with the slopes and and kind of made a course or a golf course around it but actually mm-hmm. You know, there was millions of tons of soil moved to make that course. To, uh, but actually, the good thing is it does look really, really natural. Um, I don't know where many people know that, but the amount of work that went in to create that course was kind of monumental. But no, I like it. It's a really, it's, it's a classic links course in the fact that it's very much risk reward. And um, there's some holes where, you know, the fairways are really wide, but if you want to take get the best line into the, the the green and the greens are really really severe there you know yeah. very very slopey then you're gonna have to take a tight line with the drive and then you know it's 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 exactly a, a little bit like the old course actually in that respect mm-hmm. where if you you need to take the the, the tighter lines to open up the greens and, and get the good views in um which are you know is great there's a few things about it that are a little still now a little bit crazy so the third green which i think they're playing as the second and this week, yeah. it's just the slopes on there are just just mad. Um, you know, you can really get yourself in some trouble there. And there's another green, I think the par three eighth, which they will be playing as the seventh. Um, again, that's another mad two tier green, which are quite cool. But they're, you know, I think for a major championship, they might, it's, you know, it might be a little bit too extreme in terms of the slopings there. Um, but no, it's lovely. You've got your inland holes, which are really nice, high quality golf holes. And then, of course, you go out to the 12th and the 15th mm-hmm. or the 11th and 14th for those watching on TV yeah. this week, um, which are right down by the rocks. The par 5 12th is is a, it's probably one of the best holes in Scotland, um, I would say. Um, again, it's a risk-reward par 5, which is amazing. And then you've got the signature hole, the 15th, the par 3 over the water, which... I'm sure will be heavily featured on the on the the coverage this week, and for those of you who've played there, will will know will know what I mean. It's a fantastic hole, and the further you play back off the tees, the better the golf hole is as well. So, no, I love it. I think it's great, and I, also they had the luxury when they're building it of, you know, they've got enough room to make it the facilities. It's fantastic. It's got a really massive driving range there, really nice clubhouse, very understated as well. They went rather than for something grand and and over the top they went for just a really nice kind of country scottish country house look um which which is lovely so yeah it's just it's it's almost your perfect golfing resort i would say and the fact it's so near st andrews was a touch of genius really so Mm. it gets a heck of a lot of play um and they close it over the winter so which is also good because 
still it's still relatively new it needs time to recover from kind of a heavy season of lots of people trampling all over it so that's no, great really like it i'm a massive fan of, of king's barns it's great one yeah, of the, one of the comments I've sorry, Kian, I was going to say one of the comments I often hear about Kings Barnes is it, it's not a true Scottish links, but it's like almost like an American idea of what a Scottish links should be, and that's that's possibly because a lot of people come here and they go and they play the the links courses near St Andrews, and I think a lot of them are actually disappointed by them because of expecting these pristine patches of yeah. Lynx course and, yeah. and Lynx isn't like that the very nature of the soil is this very marginal existence soil and so maybe King's Barns in a way plugs plugs that gap or plugs that idea of what they yeah. think a, a, a Lynx course should be and I'm, I'm not saying that's a bad thing I mean, I'd, I'd love a, a golf course with wide open fairways with no trouble on them um, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't actually I haven't played King's Barns and I would really like to but it's up, up there on the, the expensive scale as well and it's, this, this is, this is um, maybe a bit of comeuppance for the, the designer Kyle Phillips as well because his course two weeks ago Dundonald was used for the, the Scottish Open and now this is sort of the, the coming of age for King's Barns because it's been used in the Dunhill but it's always been this sort of third member of the, the trio that they used during the Dunhill links because they've got the old course and they've got Carnoustie and maybe it's been overshadowed a bit but this is this is uh, King's Barns opportunity to come up onto its own. Yeah, very much so and uh, a, lot, a lot of the players talked about today, you know, Charlie Hull mentioned that uh, yeah, you're being so close to St Andrews you have that feeling in the home of golf still uh Aria Utanagar, the defending champion, was actually visiting St Andrews for the first time this week, and she went down on Sunday to walk the old course, which which you can do on a Sunday. The course is closed for play, and you walk around the golf course of the public park. She was down there walking around, getting a picture on the bridge and all the iconic shots that way. So that, that history means a lot to people. But obviously, Kings Barnes is a, a different kind of golf course, and if you have the money again, it is very expensive to go and play. But it offers something a little bit different, and it really complements the courses in the in town of St Andrews itself. And much like Castle Stewart or what or Dundonald or even Trump International up in Aberdeenshire, you know these are modern golf courses that offer something a little bit different. They're almost like, you know, obviously the, the golf courses like the old course in Carnoustie, they are of their time, whether it be the nineteenth century or so on, or early twentieth century. But now you have these golf courses that are very much a twenty-first century imagining, where they sort of take the principles of the old courses and then try and expand on them a little bit, occasionally a little bit too far, as Josh mentioned there a couple of the greens. But you know, generally Kings Barnes is very fair, and the players like that sort of. Thing where there's not too many necessarily funky bounces on the fairways. It's not like not really Royal St George's or anything like that, where it's relatively flat in the fairways, and uh, they like that sort of thing. Um, in terms of the golf course, obviously it plays very solidly, and it, it can be testing in certain conditions, like any seaside golf course. But I think in the end, it's more about the overall experience there. Obviously, it's visually spectacular, so many great views. They dress up really well at Kings Barns, a nice welcome there. But coming back to Josh, there you mentioned obviously you carried there for two years, and we have to mention you mentioned so many. Obviously, there's so many fascinating people come through the doors in St Andrews every year. You yeah. know, the good, the famous, the rich, the poor—they're all there from all over the world. So, Josh, when you were caddying, did you encounter any intriguing or fascinating characters? Um, I did. So most of them were the caddies, to be honest. Uh, just, just a quick one was. When I caddied down in St Andrews as well, 2001, and I was one of the kind of first students to do that. Um, but I thought, why not give it a go? And at that time, it was mainly just local guys who did that. I think now there's quite a lot of students who, who do caddy mm-hmm. down at the old course. And um, there's one caddy there who, he was basically a, a real life version of William Wallace. It was amazing. He had a big belt with a big 
saltire flag on the belt buckle and he had a key ring with William Wallace on with the face paint, you know, the Braveheart stuff. <laughs> and he realised I was English and uh, every morning, every morning for three months, he would come up to me and he would just shout in my face, last win at Wembley, because recently it, Scotland had beaten England at football. Do you remember that? The last game played at Wembley was Scotland beat England. And he, he shouted at me every day for three months. But he was an incredible guy. Um, I think he had a fascination with whiskey up by, by, the, by the sounds of it. But um, now there's some great people you get through. You get, you know, you get people, famous people. I carried for quite, quite a few um, in the Dunhill links. I carried for Gary Lineker for a couple of years, which was great. Really interesting to, to meet someone. This is going to be name dropping. I don't like. Come on, I don't want to name drop. Indulge me, Terrible, but he's a bloke. He was great. You know, he's he's exactly how you'd imagine him to be. But really good golfer. So on Kings Barnes, um, on one one of the days, he he hit a great drive down the sixteenth, which is a par five along the sea, and then he hit a three wood for his second shot, and we went up to the to the green, and the ball was hanging on the lip of the hole for an albatross and I just I wish that I'd just taken one more not even one turn at half a turn and that would have been the greatest story ever but um he was really great and there, there was a few other kind of golf um footballers and 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 so forth but you meet lots of interesting business people from America um mm-hmm. from Japan and you know it's just really it's just really interesting to to get to meet so many different types of, of people. Um, <clears throat> the Japanese would always give you a gift at the start of the round. So one guy gave me 200 cigarettes, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is great, but I don't smoke and I've got no interest in smoking, but he insisted that I took them. So I did. Um, no, you just, you get, you get so many business cards as well as a student. There were so many job offers lined up. It was crazy, but no, it was, it was fantastic. Well, I, I would honestly, it's, it was it was a little bit monotonous after maybe three months of doing it because you're just doing two rounds a day, walking, walking, and you know it's, it's it becomes a little bit samey. But the people kind of keep it nice and fresh, and you're always interested in why they're there. There was one guy as well, just a very quick one before I finish. Is um, one guy had come over. Uh, this is really sad, and I feel bad for saying this, but his brother had died the year before, and his dream was always to go to St Andrews. So he'd come over not to scatter his ashes, but he'd gone through his brother's golf bag and take, taken all the golf balls. And he walked around the old course just, and every now and then he would just throw a golf ball in the gorse bushes. And that, that's what he wanted to do. That's, he said, that's what his brother, his brother wanted to do to remember him. So you just get, you get all sorts of people. Um, but it's always fascinating and always entertaining, which is, um, which is, a uh, you know, keep, keeps it nice and fresh. Um, when, when you're spending five, five and a half hours sometimes on a golf course. So there we go. That, that's it. That's it from me. Yes, some, some great experiences there, Josh. And uh, you mentioned, obviously, that William Wallace caddy. I, yeah. I was half expecting you to say he had like a, a claymore sword or something like that, where he was, you know, to be like that. But, <laughs> um, or a big broadsword. But uh, oh, he's I also said there, he said there that you're English. I had no idea. Yeah, I was a shock. I can't believe that's with... fuzzy. It's unbelievable. I, I still I think tell. 2001, that was, that was maybe our last win. <laughs> Not just at Wembley, just ever. <laughs> just generally speaking, in the football, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dear. No, I've been up here 17 years now, so um, 
Yeah, and you I'm, haven't yet found your way back. That's amazing. It's, no, it's very difficult to get home. So it's hard to escape. It is. But um, yes, obviously, you know, so many great experiences there. In the end, again, the variety of people in St Andrews is fascinating. But you mentioned the kind of the monotony of it, and I also think you see the caddies in St Andrews who have doing, been doing it. Some of these guys have been doing it for you know, forty years, and you think every day or you know, maybe you know ten rounds a week or something like. How do they do it? You know, how do they you know go around there every single day with a another American, another Japanese guy, and just to do it all the time. And it is, it has that almost kind of religious sort of devotion to it. And there is something kind of mythological about St. Andrews and people's minds. You mentioned to the guy and his brother coming when they got off balls and so on. And people become very kind of wistful when they sort of look at it, what it represents, what it kind of means to them. And it is amazing to see. And you know, how it touches people in different ways and you think it's just a golf course it's a big field and you know Sam Snead said back in the day when he came on the train you know where's the golf course it's a field but you know that, but again it still has that attraction to people and of course Bobby Jones famously said you know that if he could take out of his life everything apart from his experiences in St Andrews he would have had a very fulfilling life and it's like well you know this small town these golf courses they just seem to connect with people in some way that's kind of beyond kind of uh, reasoning and, and that's a really quite special thing and uh, Again, sharing that with people on the golf course in terms of being a caddy is obviously, again, and it's only quite, probably quite a privileged position to have. Mm. But looking obviously in the, at the golf courses themselves of Vincent Andrews, we've touched on Kings Barnes there, that'll be seen across the television this week on Sky Sports in the UK and on BBC highlights as well, where that'll be shown across the channels and we'll see how great the golf course is. You mentioned the 12th there, the 11th this week, obviously a great par 5, kind of likened to the 18th at Pebble Beach. Also, the par three 14th this week uh, across the edge of the water there, very kind of very picturesque hole. Probably the, the cliched, meaningless cliche, the meaningless cliche of the signature hole on the uh, King's Barns. That's there too. So, yeah, they look, they look great, and uh, the players will enjoy playing those holes this week. Actually, someone asked uh, Lexi Thompson about that hole today, and she had no idea what they were talking about. Tell us how you played 14. Oblivious to that. What hole's that? I don't know. So that shows you oh, some really? players just do not quite. She had no idea what we're talking about. So that's some had to kind of describe it to her. But yeah, some players don't quite take in the views the same way as maybe some regular golfers would. But yeah, she of course has a a former caddy at Kings Barnes on our bag this week, Kevin McAlpine, a former top amateur golfer who's our caddy, and that might just you know if Lexi's going to cross the line this week, that could be the asset for her having that local experience right there. But um, yeah, coming coming into the town now, obviously there's there's now seven golf courses within the town and also just outside it with the Castle Course along the road. Obviously, there are different sizes, different lengths, different prices, different challenges. Obviously, the old course kind of stands alone. But kind of moving away from that slightly right now and looking at the new course, which seems kind of an odd thing to say given it's 130 years old. But yeah, it is the oldest new course in the world, I think. And um, it sits right alongside the old course and it shares the same ground. It's uh, kind of an old Tom Morris design. It's uh, in some ways more kind of conventional than the old course. It's more against kind of out and back links course, but more loopy around the middle, and uh, some very good holes on it. But coming to you, Fuzzy, when you a few years ago, and you have you've had the pleasure of uh, witnessing my game in front of your own mm-hmm. eyes, uh, which is obviously a great privilege, you know, a great thing for anybody to witness, a great shock. You know, certainly improve your self esteem in the golf course watching me try and play. But um, when you first came to St Andrews to play golf, as you wait for many years, of course, you, spent, you came here in '97, and it was 17 years after that before you actually played around a golf here, and you made the new course that first course to play in the winter, and a really cool kind of misty day, and I think it was November time, 2014. You came through and played, and um, what was the experience like of actually playing golf in St Andrews, playing it really yards from the old? You're still playing with that backdrop of the town right behind you. You're not playing the old course, but you sort of feel like you are. So what was that experience like, Fuzzy, of playing the new course? And what were your memories of that? 
Well, as I say, I mean, I never actually made it to a town of St Andrews itself until 1997, which was probably quite late for me. And it was then, only then that I started the turning. And, you know, being this West Coast upstart, I think we, f- we felt I had it all through in press week. I didn't. I probably didn't give St Andrews the, the recognition it deserves. It was only actually after attending a few opens there and getting a feel of the history. And even through social media, I started talking to a lot of Americans and even English people who have never been up. And they would they would give her life savings. And it's a once-in-a-lifetime trip to come through to Scotland to play St Andrews. And I'm here thinking, about it's only 75 minutes away and I've never even played golf there. So we thought, right, we better, we better get out of my system. So um, I contacted you and thought, well... Mm-hmm. I'd probably be a bit too starstruck if I just locked up in St Andrews and we teed off in the, the old course I'd probably fire my first shot out of bounds so we thought we'll, we'll get out of our system we'll play one of the other courses so I think the, the new course is maybe the, the ideal one to play if, especially if you're coming to St Andrews for the first time get, play the new course, get out of your system you still get the same views you've got the, the West Sands you've got the the town in the background especially when you make the turn you then start playing back towards the town and it starts coming up looming in the distance and we played it in uh, November like you say and it was £35 it was an absolute bargain and the weather that day was glorious you're never going to get uh, better weather conditions than what we had in the, before still there'll be sh- <laughs> <laughs> particularly me <laughs> um, but you, you've got a really good short game you're very good for sort of 8 iron inwards you're pretty deadly knocking that 8 it's iron along the, the ground yeah <laughs> You're very good at the, the Scottish shot of bumping one along the ground and then holding your pot. Yeah, it's just a bit of a struggle off the tee for you sometimes. But yeah, I mean, the first a lot of, a lot of people say, and I do agree with this. You play the first three four holes on the new course, and you're kind of looking over towards the old course, thinking, "Yeah, I wish I was. I wish I played that instead." But it's once you get to the, the new course, has got its own particular loop, and that's yes. when it really comes into its own right. And some of the holes there are just as good as the old course um, apart from the ninth which is a terrible hole <laughs> <laughs> we'll come to that Hang on. Oh, we'll come to that yeah, I'll save that story for a minute then um, so uh, but I think after, I think part of the issue Fuzzy sorry to jump in I think part of the issue is that it is right next to the old course so people are always going to compare it to, to what's right next to it if that wasn't in St Andrews the new course People would rave about it. There'd be championships held there and all sorts. Do you not think? Yeah, I think it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, I've still got a few to tick off as well. I really want to go back and play the Jubilee, which I've heard is maybe a bit tighter and shorter. Um, when yeah. that, when we when we played the old course a couple of months ago, the my boys actually came through and they played the uh, Balgove, which is mm-hmm. only St Andrews would have a course like the Balgove. It's the same people who maintain it, but this is really a course set up for kids. I mean, the, the parfum is only like 250 yards, 270 yards, but it's ideal for kids and it's eight pounds to play That's and they can brilliant. go on there and they can knock a ball about. It's it's a really ideal starter course and maybe maybe I should play that one in the future rather than uh, losing a couple of dozen balls in the new course. Yeah, it's just my length, but yeah, you mentioned it obviously the coming towards the loop around the new course and uh, when you get towards holes like six and seven, you know, it's the really hard par fours and then you get to, again, the ninth, which... For those who do not know, is a par three right on the edge of the Eden Estuary, a really nice spot, playing up kind of uphill, about 230 yards. The estuary's on your left-hand side, there's tons of gorse bushes on the right-hand side, the green is kind of, kind of blind off the tee, you can't really see it. 
and it's a very seemingly a very small target from the tee, and obviously a long shot playing uphill potentially into the wind. So, um, Fuzzy, you know that hole. You're playing quite well that day, and obviously you're you know driving it really well, scoring quite well for your first run in St Andrews, and uh, you're you're quite you're going great guns. Then you came to the ninth that day. You stood in that tee. You saw the target. You whipped out your your nice wooded your nice wood there, whatever it was, your five wood or something. And where did your first, second, and third golf balls go? Well, the the way the way to play that hole is a seven iron to the middle of the fairway, and then another seven iron onto the green, and then two putts and a four, and walk away from it. Um, <laughs> what I actually did <laughs> was I put it in a four iron, thinking I can make this of a four iron. Um, do you remember what way the first one went? Was it left or the, I think it was left. It was left into the Eden, <laughs> and the, the Eden was lovely, like a still pond that day. So one ball into the Eden. So. Next shot, I thought, better not put it into Eden. So that one went far right into the gorse bushes. So I thought, right, don't do that again. So the my f- one, two, three, four, five, was it seven off a tee? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that one went into the Eden as well. So, <laughs> so it was, I finally got I, I, one. Yeah, I think I, I think I actually won that hole in the end, didn't yeah. I? Know, maybe like a six or seven or something like that. It was, uh, no, you, you, were, it was, you were stroking in that hole. <laughs> I was, I was, yeah, exactly. It was a, a net treble bogey, I think, but it was, um, it was, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really tough hole. And followed by the tenth there, which is another, it's a really, really, really hard par four. Nice I think four. probably in the top five, six difficult holes on the entire links of all the courses. It really is tough, and that's two really hard holes there. But again, two really high quality holes. And like you say, there, you know, the new course it is obviously under the shadow of the old, but it's, uh, it's really good golf course in its own right. And um, again, some of the early holes are not quite so distinct, but when the course is at its best, it's really good. And again, it really complements the old course well. And like you said there, you're playing in that same environment. Again, it kind of removes some of the, the starstruckness, the, the kind of nerves or the kind of the iconic kind of overwhelming nature of the place. You sort of get that out of your, under your belt that you can go and play the old course and enjoy that a little bit more freely. But you mentioned obviously as well there, Fuzzy, the, 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 the Jubilee course, which is more of a it's been around for over 100 years, but it was redesigned back in the late 80s. It was turned into an 18-hole championship course by Donald Steele. Then it used to be kind of a more, more a family golf course back in the day. And it was made in this big championship layout where it's uh, 18 holes. It runs through more of the kind of the dunes land. It's more closer to the, the North Sea and the other courses. It's... Um, where they play an awful lot of the, the university matches there now. Uh, the, the St. Andrew Lynx Trophy is played there. It's a real kind of... Big, big, tough golf course. It's, it's really kind of it's tighter. It's more challenging in some respects. It's um, kind of the kind of the the, the proper golfer's favourite, I think, in many respects. It's a really solid golf course. Um, maybe lacking at times a little bit of character when compared to the other two, but that's to be expected given it's not quite at the same uh, age and so on. It's a bit more of a, a, a kind of a more one-dimensional design in some respects. But it's, it's it's got some really excellent holes on it, and it's fantastic in that respect. But uh, Josh, I know you're a big fan of the Jubilee, so for people who maybe don't quite know anything about that, maybe they've been to St Andrews before, maybe they've played the old or the new. Or maybe they're coming for the first time and haven't really thought about the Jubilee. So why should anyone coming to St Andrews, Josh, put the Jubilee on their list? Well, just it's a it's the toughest course in St Andrews by by a long stretch. I would think it's tight. It's it's got a nice variety of holes. The last four holes I think are absolutely stunning. Um, so the fifteenth is a mm-hmm. short par four, which sounds very simple but it's really not the green's surrounded by heavy rough and was gorse i think they've now cut it down but it will grow back um so you know you you need to hit some 
every, those last four holes, you really need to take great shots on every hole to to even survive. It's a bit like Amen Corner, but you're just trying to hang on there at the end. It's amazing. Um, you know, that's that's part of the appeal of it. I think is is the fact that it's so difficult. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it's you can you can still get a score going around there. The greens are always fantastic, as they are on all the courses, but particularly the Jubilee, I think. Um, all yeah. year round are fantastic. You can go out in January and they'll still be running really smooth and quick. Um, it's just nice, it, you know. It's it's not you're not right next to the old course as well, so it just feels a little bit more out of the way. You've got some, you know, you you're playing right along the kind of road by the beach there as well, which is quite nice. Mm-hmm. But that's just a great, yeah. You know, I'm I just a big fan of it. Really, it's I mean it's not dissimilar to the new course in terms of its layout and the way it kind of loops back round as as all three of those courses that sit next to each other do they kind of go out to the to the almost to the RAF Lucas base or or mm-hmm. whatever an army base as it is now and then they turn around yeah. and come back you still got that lovely view of the town and um, you finish right back at the Lynx clubhouse again which is where the new course finishes um no it's great it's really good and, and you can book to play it which is one of the key things so if you are visiting St Andrews you can book to play the jubilee um mm-hmm. more difficult to book to book the new course um and obviously difficult to book the old course the new course is more of a turn up and play which i really yeah. like as well as when we were students we played that all the time because we could just turn up and we know we get a tea time the jubilee it's not so in the busier season it's it's not quite as um as easy um it's it's much better to kind of book in advance so if you're coming over from america or up from england or wherever it, where it is you, you're kind of better to book the jubilee and you'll have a great time out there guaranteed it's it's really good it certainly is, and uh, you, you mentioned the fifteenth hole there, which is really quite striking. It's yeah. very kind of reminiscent of some of the the holes that you see in some of the golf courses in Ireland, with the big dunes around them, oh, kind of framing so. the hole yeah. a little bit. Yeah. It has that kind of look about. It, it be a La Hinch or a, kind of a Carn course in Northern Ireland. It has that kind of look about yeah. it, and it's yeah. uh, it's quite striking, and it's a really good hole. One that I find impossible to try and club. I, yeah. I've never hit the green. I've, just, I've no idea how far it is. It, the wind is catching every single time around the corner. It's yeah. a it's and, a real testing shot. And, and when they hold the Lynx Trophy there, which the, obviously uh, every year it's in St Andrews, hence yep. the St Andrews Lynx Trophy, I think it's called. But yes. um, but you look at the scores, and the scores are always really good around the old, really good around the new. But in the Jubilee, the scores are always higher. Um, it's a much tougher. You know, even the top guys. Uh, the majority of those guys in the Lynx Trophy go on to turn pro. They struggle. They struggle on the the jubilee which i think kind of shows what a test it is when it, especially when the wind gets up it's quite tight there's quite a lot of gorse around the fairways so um yeah it's, it's difficult but great fun good challenge it certainly is and again if you're kind of a more of a, a proper golfer a kind of a single digit handicapper wanting to try and get an all-round experience and that's certainly a golf course to go and try and play particularly in some windy conditions i played it a few weeks ago in the kind of 25 mile per hour gusts and it was uh, certainly a challenge and you go that said everyone always says it's the hardest course but i find i play it better than any of the other ones for some reason particularly in the old course i you know, I, I play the old course like 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 uh, you know a complete duffer every single time i go and play it but the jubilee course i somehow find it easier I, again i think it's probably the kind of the, the sense of awe and majesty of the old course yes. kind of gets to my head but the jubilee course i sort of go around and bogey every single hole it's quite good that way it's um it's, it's not quite for me it's uh, not as punishing but i can see why it could be and um but i somehow kind of get around it okay i don't know why but it's uh, one of those kind of inexplicable things but it's uh it's good fun to play and again like you say it's easier to get on some of the other golf courses but that said i always would say to people that no matter what you've heard it's much easier to play any of the golf courses here than you may think it is you know they will come to this later but 
The new course is a walk-on course. First come, first served. That's easy to get on at some point. Jubilee is easy. The old course, yeah, it has its, its procedures and situations, but it's uh, it's much easier to get a tea time on the old course than what you think it is, and we'll come to that later on. But coming to kind of the, the old course now, which is obviously the main attraction, it is obviously a 29-time host venue of the Open Championship. It has that amazing history to it, the tradition of it. All the great players, except for Ben Hogan, who was a real fun sponge and didn't turn up, but the rest of them, they were all there, and they've all played it. They've all walked the fairways, they've all crossed the Swilkin Bridge, they've all had that photograph there, and you're literally kind of walking in the footsteps of history when you go and play the old course. And Josh, you've played the old course a you know, hundred odd times, you know, which is obviously so enviable. People will hate you right now, and uh, you know, I've played it many times now as well. You know, Stuart, though, played it for the first time this year, back in January, in the winter for, and don't mind me saying this, but for your a very significant birthday has to be said. A 40th <coughs> birthday. You don't, you don't look at I must quickly say, you know, Stuart, he's like, he's he's approaching 30, albeit from the wrong direction now, but he, you know, he still looks in his early 30s, so he's uh, he's getting away a little bit with that. But um, more rounds in the old course, maybe not, the, the wind would get to his face. But um, but Stuart, coming here in, back in January, and we played with you that day around the old course, obviously kind of in the, the low season, but it was a really, really nice day. It was a bit windy, but it was nice and sunny, and it was uh, just glorious in the morning. And um, you're standing on that first tee. You're a bit of a frenetic kind of get to the first tee in the first place, but when you got there on the first tee, you're standing... This, the, the clubhouse behind you, the history, old Tom Morris' shot over there, all the great players have been on that spot and have played their drives in that first hole. Just what was the experience like of standing on that first tee with a club in your hand for the first time? It is absolutely nerve-wracking. <laughs> really, as you are, I don't think you're, you're very aware of where you are and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's just a lot of people in the town who are just milling about, walking their dogs, just walking up the street, because one one side of the the, the old course is actually just a public highway, and there's just always people walking past. So you could early in a January morning, you could still have up to forty people around just watching what you're up to. And in that case, you, you say that it was a significant birthday. It was actually my fortieth, and I just spent um, six months um, getting physiotherapy, and it was on a a lot of painkillers up until then because of, I'd done my back in playing golf. So this was my first game back um, and I hadn't swung a club in six months. And then you stand in that first tee and it's what they call the widest fairway in golf because of the 18th and they first share a fairway. Was it, is it 60 yards wide? Is it more? Oh, it's, a, it's 120 yards. 120 yards. And you just stand there and you, it's so wide that it's very difficult to pick a line. And then I think I finally... Went for yeah, I went for the aim for the um, old course hotel down at seventeenth was the the road hole bunker, uh, and I, I managed to hit the ball, which was surprising. But uh, I managed to miss the fairway. <laughs> the, the widest fairway in golf is actually one of the hardest to hit because it is just so wide that it's you can't pick a line. I think if it was a narrow fairway, you could at least pick a line and try and hit it. So yes. that was that was me there, free free off the tee, and I think I, I took a six or a seven there. But it's, it was windy. It's it wonderful, windy. wonderful experience. Yeah, I'm I'm going to blame the wind. Yeah, that's yeah, a good idea. It was, it, windy. Was, it was strong and it was off the left. It's not easy for your first tee. Yeah, like that. that's always a hard one to play in. But I'll, I'll never criticise anybody for missing the first fairway of the old course, given I have a, personally, I think probably all the great records in the old course over the years I think my one's probably quite unique and I quite literally have a higher scoring average on the first hole than I do the 17th, which is astonishing really, 
Um, but that's that, that, again that, that kind of standing there, the history there, the kind of the occasion. It still gets to me. Obviously, the pressure there, the folk watching you behind yeah. you, and you do kind of think it's so wide off a tee, you shouldn't miss this. Well, but then that's, that's, psychologically, that's, 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 that, that's that kind of the reverse psychology. On, it? It's so easy. Yeah, you you kind of put more pressure on yourself because the embarrassment levels are so much higher if you were to miss it. So that's just kind of that factors in. Whereas seventeen, it's such a tough tee shot that. Yep. There's almost no pressure. There's no. There's nothing to lose, is there? You know, it's um, yeah. yeah, and you're concentrating a bit more as well, which which kind of helps. But yeah, it's, I, I heard it's somebody last heard somebody last week talking about Ian Baker Finch knocking his um, yeah. drive off the first, and he missed, and he put it onto golf place down the left hand side. And I was just thinking, yeah, Kieran's done that. <laughs> yeah, you saw me do that as well. <laughs> and, Kev, and the worst thing about that, though, if you remember, and this is kind of a personal story here. And, indulge us people if you're still listening to this which you may not be but we're having fun anyway so it's fine but yeah you know you when I hit that tee shot left for a minute or two I thought the ball had bounced off the fence and came back on the fairway because it actually was a ball sitting at the bottom of the fence on the fairway and I thought I've had the biggest break ever turned out it wasn't my ball uh, a mystery ball it was there for no reason whatsoever just there to torment me which is kind of the, it seems to be the way that golf course plays with me but I, when I, I was, love it so much when I was there not long ago I saw a McLaren I can't remember what car it was, but I looked it up. It was like three hundred thirty thousand pound car parked <laughs> alongside there. And I'm like, You'd never do is, that. He must have a really good insurance, or he's very <laughs> trustworthy. Because <laughs> I tell yes. you what, because you can hit that off the first and the eighteenth. So fair play easily, to that guy. He must have had that's, some money to do that. That's that's another thing standing out to you. As if you didn't have enough, you then just get people driving across Granny Clark's wind. Like it's about 150 yards. <laughs> people like you. You're right in the fight. They don't in even the, stop. In the height of summer, it is a carnival, that first and 18th hole. You've got people coming both ways. You've got cars coming across. You've got tourists walking everywhere. You've got hundreds of people watching. It's just mad, isn't it? Mayhem, but... That's kind of the beauty of it as well, isn't it? You don't get that anywhere else. So. Yeah, my favourite thing, though, is watching the usually uh, non-English-speaking tourists when they walk across the middle of the fairway and Granny Clark's wind and the starter will start shouting at them, Far, far! Really yeah, loud. Right, yeah. And they'll stop and they stare at him. And they think, what's he talking about? They'll just look at him. They have no idea what it means. And they keep going. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And uh, again, another thing as well is obviously people are playing the old course and you get so many folk walking onto the 18th green getting pictures with the flag, the, the pin. Hey! Yeah. And folk hitting balls over their heads. It's, it's amazing. But that, that, again, it's all part of the unique, the unique atmosphere of the place. But um, coming to you now, Josh, but obviously you're, you've played the golf course so many times. You know, you, you know it so well. You've carried there. And it's a golf course that I always think it's. Um, I think it's one of the most fascinating golf courses in the world. It's obviously been probably even the most studied one. It's been the most influential when it comes to course design. Yeah. Obviously, I kind of liken it to be almost the ultimate risk and reward golf course. Everyone knows that the starter all says to you, "Oh, aim down the left. That's, that's a safe line off the tee." And yes, it is, but you get the harder second shot right there. So I think it's almost a case of occasionally go for the aggressive shot off the tee and take on the out of bounds or take on the bunkers and try and give yourself a a better line. And obviously, you know now. Nowadays, you'd never build a golf course like it with its you know, 14 double greens and the double fairways. It's both, I think, the narrowest and widest golf course in the world. It's, it's a very small bit of land, but it obviously it's a very wide fairway, but it's a tiny bit of land stretching out the coast there in the middle of the, the Lynx Trust. But um, the golf course, Josh, obviously, 
a lot of people when they when they first play it, it doesn't quite grab them necessarily, but over time they really develop an affinity for it. You know, Tiger Woods, you know, he loves the golf course, the strategy of it. You know, Nick Faldo's another one, Jack Nicholas. I think in the end, two of the, the three of the great golf minds all love that golf course, and that really shows you how strategic it is. How much are the, you know, obviously there's so many bunkers there trying to avoid them, you can't see half them off the tee because the golf course is playing back to front almost. It's very unique that way, and it is you know, a real kind of a, like a chess game almost. And you play it in different wind conditions. The, the, the character of the golf course can, can change dramatically. And I do think that you know, for all the old courses, one of the quote unquote easier courses on the Lynx Rota, the Open Championship Rota, I think in a wind it becomes one of the hardest very quickly because the greens are so large. It's, it's just it becomes a real difficult golf course to try and navigate your way around. So Josh, as you've played the old course over the years, you know how has your appreciation for it developed and you know, do, you, do you get more out of it every time? What is your kind of assessment of the old course as a challenge, as a test, as a, a, a real kind of test of golf? No, I don't really like it, Kieran, to be honest. No, I'm going to cut you off now. After that build-up. No, I, you know, you, I, I loved it first time I played it, but um, I think it's just you, you kind of get to know the humps and hollows, where to put the tee shots, which if you play it once, the caddies are brilliant, by the way. If, you know, mm-hmm. they, they can kind of guide you round, but... Um, you, you kind of, there's nothing like a bit of experience, you know, you, you, in the more you play, the, the more, you know, what, what clubs to hit from each tee, whereas that can take probably 20, 30 rounds playing it to understand properly where you should hit the ball. Um, it's, you know, it's great. I think I've had my lowest score ever on the old course and I think I've probably had my highest as well, which I think says a lot for the course and it, they can set it up really, really tough. Um, the weather kind of dictates a lot. I think you, you, we saw that in the last Open, didn't we? Some of the scoring. Mm-hmm. You see, what did Rory do back in 2010? I think he shot a 63 and then yep. followed that with an 8. 63, then 80, I think. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was, yeah. Mad, isn't it? I mean, you'd he was, never he was famous that. for not having never shot a, a round in the 70s on the old course. <laughs> yes, that's still the case, yes. Yeah, but <laughs> you know what? It's it's great. You know, it's it's fascinating. I remember, I can't remember who, was it Joachim Hegman? I can't remember who shot nine on nine under front nine once and then dumped it in the bushes on the 12th just got a bit greedy and it's that type of course and it can completely eat you up you can have a card wrecker on the old course quite easily on on some of those holes it's very easy to do um yeah so it's just about kind of learning to navigate yourself around i mean we've had so much has been said about tiger not going in a bunker in 2000 but that is that is truly that's kind of masterful that's he's mastered it hasn't he when you can do that but again it's a good strategy he'd read he'd obviously read the history books about the old course and kind of knew what he was going to do before he'd even got there um but yeah the more you play it the more you like it um yeah i played with a friend not long ago up there and we reckoned it was his 600th round or there or thereabouts on the old course um he'd kind of averaged out how many years he'd lived there and how many times he played it per week and uh but he still loved it as much as the the first day or probably more than the first day he played it you can't you can't explain to people what it's like when you turn from the 12th green to the Mm -hmm. 13th and you you're coming for home for me that's the you know it's just incredible. If you're a golf fanatic, a golf nerd like we are, I don't think that I don't think you can match that anywhere. I've, you know, I don't well, know. Like I say, I've, 
I've only I've only played it twice, and I, when I was leaving my review on the Golf Shake website, I did say it as my my already my favourite golf course in the world. But maybe that's because I had the pleasure of playing it with you two. And com- although companies half the thing when you're out playing golf, I had you two pointing out a lot of features to me with your mm. experience and the lines to take. Because I've heard yeah. it maybe takes about four or five rounds of golf round there to yeah. to learn all this. I think I've I've learned it all in the first two rounds yeah. already. Especially the, the seventh, I think I hit a four iron off his seventh and as oh, Josh yeah. goes and pulls out the driver and think he's hitting a driver here. It brings the, the shell bunker into play but no you you kinda you drove it over the the eleventh green and yeah, I've faded I don't it onto the, that. It depends the on the sim. wind. So yeah, you, oh, it's it beautiful, depends. beautiful shot. Yeah, it's, um, and yeah, and even the bunker placement. Um, one of my favourite holes there, and it makes surprises. The ninth, and people think, well, why, why the ninth? It's, it's the ninth is the first one where you turn back, and the wind direction is totally different to the way yes. you've been playing out. And I've also spent quite a lot of the open sitting in the grandstand at the back of the ninth, so I've always watched players plotting their way about that, and I've always wondered why they put balls in a particular place. So to actually play that myself and put what I've seen them do into action and find out why the bunkers are actually where they are, because watching from the grandstand, it doesn't make much sense, but when you're standing on the tee, it, it suddenly makes a lot of sense, and fair enough, I tried to drive the bunker and ended up in it and had a, a horrible shot from in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is, you're... the sixteenth as well in terms of bunker yeah. placement. I think is just phenomenal design. Um, it, it makes you go left or right of them. Left, you've got a horrible angle into the green. It's in the rough where you can't control the ball. Go down the right, and you've got the out of bounds all the way along there. So it's that. It's just cl- classic kind of course design that you probably don't see that much on modern courses now. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's all very subtle. That's another thing as well. It's nothing flashy about it. It's a very simple way of, you know, there's a safe line here, a hard line here, there's obstacles there. Take it on that you're peril or not. But if you don't, then you have a harder second shot. It's a very simple, you know, philosophy, but it works so well. And again, a hole at the ninth there, which is kind of, it's a fairly innocuous looking hole, very short par four, but the bunkers are like literally perfectly placed. You know, they catch any sort of, you know, tee shot. You really have to think your way around that hole as you do the entire golf course. And Josh, you mentioned they're coming back on the back nine. But, you know, it's a great, you know, history to it, a great view. But there's so many great holes in that back nine. You know, 11's just an amazing par 3. 12 is one of the most fascinating par 4s in golf where you can play it in so many different ways. It's so challenging. You stand, in, you stand on the tee and you can't see any of the bunkers, but you get down there and you suddenly, you know, there's five, six bunkers in the middle of the fairway. Again, it's a very hard hole that way. You know, 13's just a tremendous par 4. 14's, I think, is one of the best par 5s in championship golf. It's, again, you can play it in different ways. You can try and aim down the other fairway or take it on, obviously, hell bunkers there, and it has that great history to it, and it's a really striking image as well when you get there. And again, you know, 16's a tough 4. You know, 17's, obviously, it stands alone. And I must come to, you know, our man here, Mr Armstrong, who, of course, when he played uh, the old course earlier this year, I think, you know, Stuart, it was kind of overshadowed by the fact your children were running around the place going mental at the time, but you actually made, <laughs> I think, one of the one of the best up and downs I have ever seen yeah. on the 17th that day. Talk through it, please. Um, yeah, it was the, the, the town was coming into to view and then you have you get to stand in the, the famous tea box and it says the Old Course Hotel on the... the what used to be the railway sheds and has now been rebuilt as part of the hotel and you, you pick your line, I can't remember what, I think it was the O of course I went for some, I think uh, Josh hit it over the, the F in hotel but um, I went for the O of the O course and just lovely t-shirt, there's a, people always say there's more room in the right than you think but yeah there is more room in the right, 
what I thought was an adventure this line ended up being the middle of the fairway. I thought it was far right of that. Mm-hmm. And then I, I pulled my four irons to just short of the, the, the roads hole bunker. Um, and at that point, my family were round the back of the green. And I had quite an audience watching. I just played the, the sick, I think it was an eight iron of my life, where you just bumped it into the face of the bunker and it pulled it down to about four foot and made the putt. And it's just... That's one of those memories that's going to live with you forever. I made a par yeah. on the hardest hole in golf. Um, and I, did, I put for a par again in March. I uh, saw May when we last played it and I missed. So, <laughs> so the, you, you, you only remember time. the pars. You only remember the pars in that hole. You've had a mm-hmm. few, haven't you? Well, thank you for, I must say, thank you for mentioning that. I, 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 I take, yes, I, I don't like talking about it because I have parred the road hole a few times and uh, you know, to my great pleasure and uh, surprise at the same time. But you mentioned it, obviously, you, you called it the hardest hole in golf. Well, yeah, apart from the first one, that's the hardest hole in golf. That's when I find the hardest. But um, yeah, again, playing the road hole is obviously, it's a frill, you know, the, the, the tee shot's fine, but the, the second shot is just amazing. You know, it's like... The, kind of the angled green, very narrow, the bunkers there, it's just it's crying out for playing it safe, but you want to have a go at the same time, obviously the road's over there, it's in play, it's just um, so much can happen, and, and again, it's like, the more you play it, the more the more you see, the more you enjoy, and um, it, it's just fascinating, and like the entire golf course, where you know the golf course has so many questions, and you can answer it in so many different ways, it's just, you, know, you can take on different lines, different shots, different clubs, the wind just changes the golf course dramatically, and again, if you had like a year playing the old course every day, you'd you'd never play it in the same way again. You know, the pins change, the wind changes. It's just it's a different thing altogether, and it is it's very unique in that way. And you can see why so many kind of golf aficionados love it that way. You know, it's not got the kind of the visual splendor of some golf courses. It doesn't kind of jump out at you like maybe a Turnberry does or anything like that. But in terms of the the challenge, it's subtle. It's it's thrilling. It's a, it's a real kind of thinking man's golf course and um, it's someone who you really appreciate strategy and trying to try different shots and you, you enjoy the, the, that, that kind of cerebral challenge of the game. It's just, um, it's unsurpassed and obviously you have that great backdrop and history to it as well. It makes it just an unforgettable experience and, and one that I just relish every single time I have the chance to, to go there and hopefully we'll have some uh, experiences coming up in the next few weeks and months again. But yeah, obviously you, the old course so I was just going to say, if you think of Kyle Phillips, who just designed Kings Barnes with the, the women's British this weekend, if, if he was doing his course design and he presented his design to the people who are paying for the, the course, and says, yeah, and in this hole, in 150 yards off the tee, I'm going to build a shed, and you have to drive <laughs> over the shed. You'd, you'd think he was absolutely crazy, but yet we accept it because yeah. it's it's and a way that the, the course has developed around what the, the shed's was there and the, the tees are gradually moved and then it brings the shed into play. Kyle, so it's we accept it's it because it's fairway, Kyle. It's a road going across it. Sorry, <laughs> a road. Yeah. 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 And, and and 14 double greens and all these bunkers, you can't actually see them off the tee because they're actually back to front. But yeah, it's great. We'll go with that. It's great. Yeah. But um and that's what makes it unique. You know, it's um you know all the bunkers there, they are back to front because the golf course used to be played in the opposite direction back in the day. Then about 150 years ago they they kind of made it into the, the current uh, setup right now. So the golf course has that timeless feel to it. The bunkers are just you know they're so different, unique, they all have different names and uh, they all have their own kind of character and they're all you know incredibly punishing. Obviously, you know, you have hell and straff and the road one, they're the main ones, but there's so many other ones as well that are really testing. 
Um, you know, I also Shell Bunker stands out. Obviously, has been one as well. And you know, they, they, they are kind of they are kind of household names, and it's that's very unique in its own way. Um, but the golf course, we can kind of talk endlessly about it. Um, I hope our passion kind of comes over uh, over the podcast because it's it's really you know, it's evident. It's there. We, we love the place. We love the golf course. We love playing it. Love talking about it because it is just such a fascinating course to play, and it, it, it all it rewards you in different ways each time. And if you haven't experienced it, I would urge you to do so. And again, go with a caddy, use that experience and just try and enjoy it and soak in the vistas, soak, soak in the history and also try and map your way around the golf course. Look at the course, guys, try and think your way around the golf course and you'll find something. It, the go, you know, it's, obviously, it's playable, it's scorable, but it can bite you as well as Josh said. So it has a, it's a really good all-round test and it is you know, the ultimate experience. It's kind of the golf's ultimate monument and it's um, an unsurpassed experience and it's one that you know, it's just, it, you can't beat it. And again, it's just that's what golf's all about, and that's what brings people here, and that's why they all love it. And you see the the reverence people have for that golf course; it's it's, it's fantastic. And you watch them all standing on the first tee or walking up the 18th. And I love going down, just watching people. I love watching guys, particularly families or are really close friends, for the first time playing the old course, and they all hug each other, and you just know they've had just the best day they could possibly have imagined. And and that is special when when something brings happiness to people. You have to love that, and the old course does. And um, it's just it's a, it's a magical place, and it, it, you can't say enough about it. It's um, it's tremendous, and obviously you know, you both have had great experiences there over the years, and there'll be more to come, I'm sure, in the the years to come because it's a you know, the old courses it has been there. It's timeless. It's uh, it's there for all eternity, and uh, everyone has their own kind of. The Lynx Trust caught writing your own chapter in the history, and you know that's a bit corny and cheesy, but it is it's an element of truth to that as well, where everyone has having their own little bit of personal history on kind of the, the game's ultimate monument, and that's just a special thing. But um, moving away from the old course now, quickly, just to kind of overview the golf course, uh, the town itself. Obviously, St Andrews has many great accommodation o- uh, options from five star hotels, like the obviously the old course hotel. There's the, the Fairmont Hotel outside the town. There's the Rustax Hotel. There's actually a brand new five-star hotel opened up in the middle of the town recently, and uh, you also have a lot of bed and breakfasts. There's a hostel, there's a Premier Inn, somewhat controversially, it's there too, in the edge of town. So again, there's again, something for everybody there in terms of the, the pubs and restaurants Josh mentioned earlier, more of them have sprung up over time. I believe, I'm not sure it's true now, but I believe back in the day, St Andrews actually had a, a higher number of licensed premises than anywhere else in the UK per square mile. Yeah. A lot of hotels, a lot of B&Bs, a lot of uh, bars and pubs. Obviously, the Jigger and the Dunvegan are the best known one there. There's golf places as well next to that. But I think some of the ones in the town are quite good. You know, the Keys or the, the, the Criterion or the Central, you know, they're kind of more... Kind of more quintessential, more kind of uh, less commercial, I think, in some ways, and that's perhaps a, a nice thing to have. But Josh, you were in the Dunvegan the other night, so uh, you know that's a very unique place where obviously it has all the pictures on the wall of all the visitors there over the years, and has a real kind of history to it. So, um, Josh, talk about some of the the bars and restaurants that really stand out to you in St Andrews. Oh man, it's been a while now. It's been a while. Everything changes. All the names change. But um, in terms of pubs, the Dunvegan, yeah, I mean that's that's a must. I think people. People there should should go and have a drink there, um, kind of check out all the pictures on the walls, really, if anything. Um, Jack and Sheena, who recently sold it, all their pictures are still up with loads of famous people, loads of every golfer you can imagine has been in the Dunfagan, so I, I would recommend that. I think the other one um, people should 
going to have a drink in, although it's not my favourite, just because of where it is, is the, is the jigger in. It's a, it was too too big a walk to go to on a night out, but it's good <laughs> if you're just wanting to watch a bit of golf and people coming down 17. It's right along the 17th fairway. You must have seen it on TV, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's some great pubs kind of popping up now. Um, St. Andrew's Brewing Co., I think they're called. Yes, that's right. Um, that's a really nice bar there, um, you know, with, with local beers. Um you know, this it's just yeah. You've you've mentioned a few already as well. I think the keys, um, the Criterion, they're nice. They're nice pubs. So yeah, there's 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 hundreds. They really are. So yeah, just try and go in every one of them would be my advice. Yeah, it's gonna be a very, a very uh, yeah. Good luck with that. You know, that's gonna end. Try it. I believe it. It's gonna end I think, badly. I think one it's one that's overlooked quite a lot as as the Lynx Clubhouse itself because oh, no, you can go yeah. and you can, park, yeah, nice. you can park the car you can go and play the the um, the Himalayas and then go into the Lynx Clubhouse and it's got such a magnificent view it's uh, almost three hundred and sixty panorama of the, the the courses you can see all the way up to the the RNA headquarters all the way down to the the um, the new course and it, it isn't as drastically overpriced as you might think I mean, a cup of tea isn't that bad I think I. I a gourmet burger on chips is going to cost you twelve quid, so it's it's decent enough. It is out That's of town great, a bit, really. but if you're if you're in the, the golf area, then it's well worth mm-hmm. popping into the Lynx Clubhouse. Yeah, yeah, it's a very nice bit. And uh, you mentioned Josh, they're obviously kind of the the epics and Andrew's pub crawl, and I kind of liken it to like Mount Everest, where you'll see like skeletons along the road somewhere, you know, corpses lying around, people who just couldn't quite make it that way along the way. But yeah, it'd be quite a, an ordeal of trying to achieve that. But it's uh, again. Again, all the restaurants there. There's a great variety of Indian restaurants, Mexican restaurants, even a Japanese sushi restaurant. There, there is a saw recently that. opened yeah. there. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. very popular. And uh, seafood restaurant there, kind of more traditional ones as well. So again, again there's, there's so much there. It's condensed and really a town that is essentially free, well, free streets really in terms of the centre. So it's a. Uh, it's very compact and everything's really on top of each other so it's uh, it's not hard to find anything it's very kind of accessible and it's easy to kind of walk around and um, even the jigger is only you know 500 yards away from the yeah you know from really the middle of town but obviously back in the day josh was a lazy student and couldn't yeah, walk exactly. that far on a night out but uh, it's a very nice spot you can sit outside and look across the 18th fairway and the 17th and kind of a nice summer's night when the weather's nice not like today but it's uh when it is it's a great spot to sit at and just kind of take in the surrounds and the, the atmosphere as well so again we've really talked at length about this tonight i've got to say it's uh, kind of surpassed all expectations but that's again it's a sign of just this place, man. This is this is this is this is the place. Yeah. And to, to you, live you here. To... Sorry, you so it's just because you, you mentioned you actually in your whole list of hotels and five and four star hotels you mentioned a couple of minutes ago. Um, I came through. Was it three weeks ago with my tent? And you you wouldn't let me pitch it in your back garden, so I had to go to one of the campsites. It was only <laughs> twelve pounds to camp a tent per night, and then not nip down to the the Tealands Cafe for fish and chips. So it can be done in a budget as well. That was. That was, when they, that was a great weekend, actually, with the weather as well, which helps. And there's quite a few guys who were staying in the same campsite, were doing the same, the, their clubs with them, they're ready to play golf, and they can you can stay on a budget as well. Facilities yeah. are great, aren't they? I've, I've I stayed there for a month at the, I think it was called Ken Mill, is that right, Ken Mill? That's it, yeah. Yeah, I stayed there for a month when I was caddying back in the day, and it was great. Yeah, fully recommended. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Again, as you mentioned earlier, but in terms of the golf courses and then again the accommodation, there's a real accessibility there. Yeah, there's a the high end stuff, but then there's again everything's there. It's open to everybody. It's uh, again, and that's kind of the the appeal of it. Where, like you said earlier, Josh, about the the big private golf courses, which really are inaccessible. And really, in the end, it's like any sport. You know, where you can't walk on centre court at Wimbledon. You can't walk on, you know, Wembley Stadium, mm. but the old course you can, yep. and that's a very unique thing in any sort of sport. And for all golf, it's criticised for being elitist or you know, kind of snobbish and kind of out of touch. You can get more, you know, communal and kind of accessible than the old course and, and St Andrews. You know, it, it, I love what it represents, and um, and to really tap into that is something very special. And I would always say, anyone who's not been here yet, you know, like you know, Fuzzy, you know, he was. 20 years to get here but it's um, you know do it come it's um, you can't get to me <laughs> yeah exactly it's caught you you've got the St Andrew's bug and it's uh, it's so you know I, I've been coming here since I was a very small child and uh, I, I, I've always loved the place I've had a great kind of respect for it and reverence for it and um, you know now living here is just like just ridiculous and I can't even believe it and I do kind of it never gets old and I do feel very kind of privileged in that respect and it always comes new when you see the people who are here for the first time and how they how they are enjoying it and what they they take from it, and it is it's very special. So if you're kind of if you're watching the Women's Open this week on television, and you're seeing Kings Barnes and you think well, that's a great looking golf course, well, come here, you know, play them all, play in St Andrews, and again in the surrounding area, there's great golf courses throughout Fife. You have you have um, like the Crail down the road, the Scots Craig up the road. There's Leaving Links, London. Um, you know, there's Lady Bank uh, further inland as well. All golf courses are in a very close proximity to the area. There's also the Dukes, um, a golf course affiliated with the Old Course Hotel, a kind of a Heathland course designed by Peter Thompson just outside the town, which is a very kind of striking layout, very tough course as well, but fun to go and play. And again, you're very close to East Lothian, Scotland's golf coast, and also Angus, where Carnoustie, as you can actually literally see Carnoustie uh, from St Andrews on a very clear day. So again, it has that accessibility to the area around it, and um, it's easy to get to, only you know, 40 miles from Edinburgh. It's um, For anyone coming here for the first time, it's, it's um, you, know, you come to Scotland, you play here, it's, you, can, you can spend a week in St Andrews and you've had this, the best week ever. And um, again, you can't also rely on the weather, but the weather, you know, generally speaking, is Probably better than you think it probably is. It's uh, St Andrews. Well, this week perhaps not so much, but generally speaking, St Andrews actually has a, a, a rainfall level the equivalent of the south coast of England. So it's actually drier here than most places in Scotland, and also uh, warmer and also sunnier. Uh, believe it or not, so it's uh, it's not quite as a uh, maybe it can get quite windy though. That's perhaps the one thing, but the weather isn't quite so bad. You'll be very unlucky to get a real washout all week. Oh, yeah, so definitely. you will get some good weather, some good conditions. So it's. Um, Again, I, I could I could sit and talk gentlemen for hours and hours about this, and maybe we'll have to have a a second edition podcast about this because it's obviously we can we can talk endlessly about it. So, Stuart, you know, any final thoughts for you? Obviously, you know, the old course since Andrew, you love it so much. Now you've you've got the bug. So, when are you next coming here, Fuzzy? Um, are you asking? Tom would come through with my tent next weekend as it happens, but um, apart there from that, go. not maybe got a. Uh, some golf lined up later on this month with uh, a, a friend from America who are going to hope and get on the old course and again it'll just be a joy to actually see in his face what we've mm-hmm. <laughs> what you've been able to do with me introducing this guy to the old course for the first time and just be able to bask in the pleasure that he'll be taking from it yeah yeah, and Josh, coming to you now, you know, obviously St Andrews, you've had that great personal affinity with it over the years. You've got a great history there. It's played a big part in your life. So you're know, thinking right now, obviously, you know, St Andrews, you know, just talk about it from the kind of the heart of a golfer. 
what does it mean to you just to kind of close off the show? Uh, kind of everything really, isn't it? I, I don't know. If you, if you gave me one more round of golf in my life, I would play the old course again, even though yeah, I've played it basically. probably a couple of hundred times, you know? It's 36 holes. Yeah, I wouldn't play Augusta. <laughs> I'd play the old course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. Um, no, it means, it means everything. There's no... It doesn't matter whether you've not played it or played it 500 times. That first tee shot on the old course is uh, uh, your hands will be shaking. So, um, which kind of say it just means a lot to everyone, really. I think everyone who's ever played it, I've never known anyone play it and not enjoy, not enjoy going to St Andrews. You know, it's it's the best, and even non-golf fans come to St Andrews anyway because it's a great yeah. place you know there's loads to do it's just a magical place so if there's golfers with a family who don't play golf it doesn't matter there's lots to do um I just think everyone who loves golf should make it their life's goal to to visit the town um that's it really no matter where you live it should be it's almost like the pilgrimage isn't it to to mm. the home of golf it need everyone should try and make it happen um and that's it really that's it yeah, I, again, I couldn't say it better myself. You know, St Andrews, again, is your ability to kind of walk in the footsteps of history, tap into that you know, great legacy of golf and uh, walk through the time. And then you'll kind of write your own kind of chapter into that story. And uh, it's a very special thing. Cause when, you're, when you're on that first tee, it's your time, it's your, your, your place. And that's a very special thing to feel. Yep. And uh, again, it can be overwhelming, but it's also like, tremendously exciting and very rewarding as well. And you walk up the 18th and you imagine the grandstands around you, imagine the crowd watching, and often there's a crowd watching you as well. And uh, you finish off there on the 18th and you kind of take in the surrounds and think, well, that was, yeah, that was a good day, that was a good experience. And that's what the old course delivers. And uh, you want to come back for some more because it is, uh, it's just a wonderful place, magical it's a home of golf, and uh, yeah, it's it's called that for a very good reason because it's um, a spiritual home, and it certainly feels like it when you get here. It's uh, you can't beat it. It's a, it's a magical place. And to talk about it tonight with you two has been a real pleasure for me. I hope you've enjoyed coming on to the Golf Shake Podcast tonight, guys. It's been a real pleasure having you back on. You're both a great guest, so articulate and knowledgeable, almost <laughs> surprisingly so, I have to say. But uh, you're know, so good. So much great information there, so much great history and insight and knowledge and just you know, tapping in some personal stories there and your own experiences and that's always fun to hear. You know, it's a real, this is kind of a golf-shaped podcast for everybody, it's for real golfers, you know, talking about golf and I think we have, we've kind of had that tonight and anyone who's been through in St Andrews has kind of can empathise with those kind of feelings that we've expressed this evening. So it's been a real fun to have you both on tonight, thank you for that. Thanks Kieran. And again, anyone, if you've made it through to the end of the podcast, um, one, your life is very empty and sad, I have to say. But um, other than that, we are very grateful for you taking the time to listen to the Golf Sheet podcast tonight. It's been a pleasure to bring us to you as always. And hope you've enjoyed it. Like and share it with your friends. Talk about it. Develop the conversation. If there's any topics we want us to discuss, and you'll bring them up, and we'll, we'll do so. We'll try and do the best at that as well. And um, again, thank you for listening to this week's Golf Shake podcast. My name is once again, Fuzzy, Kieran Clark, and I'm joined by my good friends here, Josh Jeffrey and Stuart Fuzzy Armstrong. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Good night, everybody. Cheers. <laughs>